Good morning, Transformation Radio listeners. We have a great show lined up for you today. We've got some great music to get you going, some scripture to fill your mind with, a great devotional from a pastor friend of mine from Brazil. We've got shout-outs from Tyler, Zach, and Derek, and even one from Pastor Tom today. Let's get things started off with Charlie Hall with All We Need Is You.
let's get those shout outs going here is Tyler Christie and Zach Preston. My name is Tyler Christie. Um, went to start the refuge 28 days ago. I was broken, um, addicted to heroin. I uh, didn't know what to do. Got turned down for every rehab because um, they said they couldn't help me anymore. So I took a chance and went to the refuge. It was the best decision I've ever made. Got closer with God, getting ready to go up the second phase. Um, Going to start family restorations, hopefully get those uh, family relationships back. Um, start working again and getting closer with God. Um, to you new guys, um, I stick it out. It's the best thing I've ever did. Um, and I want to get a, give an affirmation to Mike. Um, stick through it, Mike, and I love you, bro, and I'll see you in second phase. My name is uh, Zach Preston. I'm going to um, phase two today. Um, I grew up in uh, South Columbus. Um, didn't really start uh, messing around with drugs so I was a little bit older, maybe freshman year in high school. Um, smoked a little weed, started doing pills. Before I knew it, I was doing heroin. The last couple of years, I've been kind of on and off heroin. But um, I... Uh, I came in here not knowing, just wanting to get sober, man, and I've had a couple encounters with God since I've been down there and didn't think it would happen like it did, but it did, you know. He led me here for a reason. He closed off all exits for me to get here for a reason. So, you know, my advice to all the new guys like Mike, Phil, all you guys down there on the farm, man, Chris, just um, stick with it, man, and don't give up, you know. I, I wanted to give up a lot. I mean, my son was just born on Thursday, and I was in the ministry, so, you know, only advice I have, man, is stick it out and pray and stay in the word. Love you guys. Tyler, Zach, thanks for sharing today. We keep our program going in this Let It Be Known with Worship Song.
And now as we turn our attention to the reading of the New Testament, our narrative today comes from the book of Luke, chapter 16, verse 19, through chapter 17, verse 10. Here's an overview of what we'll be reading about today. The Pharisees considered wealth to be proof of a person's righteousness. Jesus startled them with this story in which a diseased beggar is rewarded and a rich man is punished. The rich man did not go to hell because of his wealth, but because he was selfish, refusing to feed Lazarus, take him in, or care for him. The rich man was hard-hearted in spite of his great blessings. Now, the amount of money we have is not as important as the way we use it. What's your attitude toward money and possessions? Do you hoard them selfishly, or do you use them to help others? Well, this Lazarus is merely a character in a story and should not be confused with the Lazarus whom Jesus raised from the dead. Now, Jesus warned about God's wrath for those who offend, abuse, or lead astray the little ones. Jesus warns off any predators who would hurt children in any way. How appropriate such a warning is in this day when corruption enters our homes every day, in many television programs or on the Internet. While Christians must guard against physical abuse, they also must be aware of and work against the mental and spiritual corruption that unfiltered TV and unsupervised games and Internet surfing can bring. Jesus' warning envisions an additional group, however. The little ones can be new disciples. Indifference to the training and treatment of new Christians can leave them theologically vulnerable. Make the follow-through care of recent converts and new members a high priority in your church. Now the disciples we'll read here today are making a request. Uh, it was genuine. They wanted the faith necessary for such radical forgiveness. But Jesus didn't directly answer their question because the amount of faith is not as important as its genuineness. So what is faith? That's complete trust and loyalty to God that results in a willingness to do His will. Faith is not something we use to put on a show for others. It's complete and humble obedience to God's will, readiness to do whatever He calls us to do. The amount of faith isn't as important as the right kind of faith, and that is faith in our all-powerful God. And with that, let's begin our reading here today in the New Testament. April 14th, the New Testament, Luke chapter 16, verse 19, through chapter 17, verse 10. Jesus said, There was a certain rich man who was splendidly clothed in purple and fine linen, and who lived each day in luxury. At his gate lay a poor man named Lazarus, who was covered with sores. As Lazarus lay there longing for scraps from the rich man's table, the dogs would come and lick his open sores. Finally, the poor man died and was carried by the angels to be with Abraham. The rich man also died and was buried, and his soul went to the place of the dead. There, in torment, he saw Abraham in the far distance with Lazarus at his side. The rich man shouted, Father Abraham, have some pity. Send Lazarus over here to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. I'm in anguish in these flames. But Abraham said to him, Son, remember that during your lifetime you had everything you wanted, and Lazarus had nothing. So now he is here being comforted, and you are in anguish. And besides, there is a great chasm separating us, 
No one can cross over to you from here, and no one can cross over to us from there. Then the rich man said, Please, Father Abraham, at least send him to my father's home, for I have five brothers, and I want to warn them so they don't end up in this place of torment. But Abraham said, Moses and the prophets have warned them. Your brothers can read what they wrote. The rich man replied, No, Father Abraham, but if someone is sent to them from the dead, then they will repent of their sins and turn to God. But Abraham said, If they won't listen to Moses and the prophets, they won't listen even if someone rises from the dead. One day Jesus said to his disciples, There will always be temptations to sin, but what sorrow awaits the person who does the tempting? It would be better to be thrown into the sea with a millstone hung around your neck than to cause one of these little ones to fall into sin. So watch yourselves. If another believer sins, rebuke that person. Then if there is repentance, forgive. Even if that person wrongs you seven times a day, and each time turns again and asks forgiveness, you must forgive. The apostles said to the Lord, Show us how to increase our faith. The Lord answered, If you had faith even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, May you be uprooted and thrown into the sea, and it would obey you. When a servant comes in from plowing or taking care of sheep, does his master say, Come in and eat with me? No, he says, Prepare my meal, put on your apron, and serve me while I eat. Then you can eat later. And does the master thank the servant for doing what he was told to do? Of course not. In the same way, when you obey me, you should say, We are unworthy servants who have simply done our duty. And our devotion today comes from Bud McCord. Bud McCord was pastor of First Baptist Church of West Hollywood, Florida, where we attended uh, years ago. He is now in Brazil uh, with Abide Ministries. And here he is, and hope you guys enjoy Good morning. I hope you're awake and already thinking about Jesus. I am thinking about Jesus, but I have a confession to make. I wasn't thinking about Jesus a little while ago. When I woke up, I was thinking about my to-do list. I wasn't walking in the pages of the Bible. I was walking in that list, and I got to admit to you, I, w I woke up frustrated, which is an amazing thing. It's a beautiful day. I slept in a clean bed. I got plenty of food to eat, I have transportation, I have no reason to be frustrated, except I was frustrated. You know, it's an amazing thing how when we first wake up, we can get frustrated. One of my favorite authors is C.S. Lewis, and I learned a long time ago from listening to him a truth he says uh, about the real problem in the Christian life. He says this, this is why the real problem in the Christian life comes where people do not usually look for it. It comes the very moment you wake up in each morning. All your wishes and hopes for the day rush at you like wild animals. And the first job each morning consists simply in shoving them all back and listening to that other voice. I woke up frustrated because I've got to take my car to the shop this morning. I already have one car in the shop, which has been there for 11 days because they can't find the right part. You know, I understand that where I live, most people don't have cars. And I have two, so there's no reason for me to be frustrated, but I was frustrated.
because my list of things to do was like the wild animals standing outside the door, and I got frustrated. And I began to listen to the voice of that list. You've got to get this done, you've got to get that done. And I knew that the minute I went out the gate of my building, I had to calculate either a six minute trip to the place that's gonna work on my car or a 30 minute trip, because it can be either one of those two things where I live. The traffic can be a nightmare at any time, at any moment. So I was frustrated and I was listening to that voice, that voice of the problems and the adversities. And Jesus brought me these words, in the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. And then another he brought to my mind, the spirit brought to my mind was, uh, you are in the world, but not of the world. And I have to admit, it was a battle for which word would be the final word. And again, I, re I repeat, I don't really have any reason to really be frustrated, but I was frustrated. But as soon as I listened to Jesus, and then I asked him a question, Jesus, should I be frustrated? And he said, no. And Jesus, does this world win? And he said, no, I've already won over the world. You know, I immediately calmed down. But that doesn't change the fact that um, I'm getting ready to open the door. I'm getting ready to go out into a very real world. And I don't really have a clue exactly what's going to happen out there this world, this today. But I do know this, that he has overcome the world. And I do know this, that wherever I'm at today, he will be with me. And we will be able to face this world together. I hope you don't hear me as complaining because... That would be really, really something crazy for somebody like me in a world like this to be complaining or to be full of self-pity. That isn't going to help anything. But I do want you to know this, that uh, the most important moment of your day is really when you wake up and you decide which voice are you going to hear. Well, I feel really good right now because I'm not frustrated because the other voice, the voice of Jesus, calmed me down. And he has to do that a lot with me. I pray you'll be calm today and listen to the voice of Jesus. I gotta go. Hope you have a great day. Hope you have a wonderful day and I hope you listen to the right voice. of this boat of men under the crashing waves to step out of my comfort zone into the realm of the unknown where Jesus is and he's holding out his hand but the waves are calling out my name and they laugh at me reminding me of all the times I've tried before and failed Ways they keep on telling me time and time again, boy, you never win. You never win. But the voice of truth tells me a different story. The voice of truth says, Do not be afraid. And the voice of truth says, This is for my glory. Out of all the voices calling out to 
strength it takes to stand before a giant With just a sling and a stone Surrounded by the sound of a thousand warriors Shaking in their armor Wishing they'd have had the strength to stand But the giants call out my name and it laughs at me Reminding me of all the times I've tried before and failed The giant keeps on telling me time and time again Boy, you never win You never win But the voice of truth tells me a different story The voice of truth says do not be from Pastor Bud. I hope as you guys go out through your day that you are listening to the right voice and continue to listen to the right voice. And that is our prayer for all uh, all those listening today. A couple more affirmations from Derek and from Pastor Tom this morning. Some more scripture. And while I'm waiting to finish this out, thanks again for listening. And this has been Transformation Radio for Thursday. My name is Derek Blevins. I'd like to give an affirmation out to Tony Kimbler. He accepted me right when I came in. I'd like to uh, give an affirmation out to Doug Maruzic for sticking it out. Stay up with it, homie. I love you. An affirmation out to to uh, Trevor Randall. Man, you the first friend I made when I came in here. I love you, homie. I like what you're doing. I hear good things. It's Pastor Tom. Becca, you are doing a phenomenal job at orientation, at the administration, marketing, and all that you do for the men in the ministry. Uh, You are an incredible woman of God. Your heart for Jesus is evident, and uh, you just bring, bring sunshine wherever you come. You really uplift and encourage, and also your competence and how God gifted you and your gifting um, is exactly what the refuge needed uh, when he sent you. So uh, God bless you, Becca, and, um, and I know the men really do appreciate all that you do for them. 
Psalm 83, verses 1 through 18. Here's what we're going to be reading about in the Psalms today. There was an alliance against God, and this alliance against Him may refer to the uh, gathering of certain kings to fight against Jehoshaphat and the people of Judah. The Psalm's author is called Asaph, but it could be Asaph or one of his descendants. A descendant of Asaph named Jehaziel prophesied victory for Judah in the battle against Jehoshaphat. He exclaimed, The battle is not yours, but God's. God is the Most High, supreme over all the earth. And the enemies of Israel were considered God's enemies. We'll also be reading about the Hagrites. They may have been the descendants of Hagar. The descendants of Lot refers to the Moabites and Ammonites. Sisera was the commander of the army of the oppressive Canaanite king Jabin. He was killed by a woman. Now, surrounding Judah were pagan nations that sought Judah's downfall. The writer prayed that God would blow these nations away like tumbleweed until they recognized that the Lord is supreme over all the rulers of the earth. You know, sometimes we've got to be humbled by adversity before we'll look up and see the Lord. We must be defeated before we can have the ultimate victory. So wouldn't it be easier to seek the Lord in times of prosperity than to wait until His judgment is upon us? Psalm 83, verses 1 through 18, a song, a psalm of Asaph. O God, do not be silent. Do not be deaf. Do not be quiet, O God. Don't you hear the uproar of your enemies? Don't you see that your arrogant enemies are rising up? They devise crafty schemes against your people. They conspire against your precious ones. Come, they say, let us wipe out Israel as a nation. We will destroy the very memory of its existence. Yes, this was their unanimous decision. They signed a treaty as allies against you, these Edomites and Ishmaelites, Moabites and Hagrites, Gibalites, Ammonites, and Amalekites, and people from Philistia and Tyre. Assyria has joined them too, and is allied with the descendants of Lot. Interlude. Do to them as you did to the Midianites and as you did to Sisera and Jebin at the Kishon River. They were destroyed at Endor, and their decaying corpses fertilized the soil. Let their mighty nobles die as Oreb and Zeb died. Let all their princes die like Zeba and Zalmunna, for they said, Let us seize for our own use these pasture lands of God. O oh my God, scatter them like tumbleweed, like chaff before the wind as a fire burns a forest, and as a flame sets mountains ablaze. Chase them with your fierce storm. Terrify them with your tempest. Utterly disgrace them, until they submit to your name, O Lord. Let them be ashamed and terrified forever. Let them die in disgrace. Then they will learn that you alone are called the Lord, that you alone are the Most High, supreme over all the earth. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 4. Lazy people want much, but get little. But those who work hard will prosper.
Yeah. 